0: You know what I mean? You want a better world, ladies and gentlemen? Legalize pot right now. You want to end the deficit? Legalize pot right now. I am so sick of hearing about the goddamn deficit I could fucking puke blood. (laughs) There ain't no fucking deficit. It's a fucking lie and it's a fucking illusion in the first place. But you want to end it? You want to end it? Legalize pot. Biggest cash crop in America. Deficit's gone. But I am so sick of hearing about, well, your leaders misspent your hard-earned tax dollars, so you, the people, now have to tighten your belts, and we got to start paying this back. Because we, your leaders, misspent your money. Boy, Jesse Helms is another great one, isn't he? just another little fevered ego tainting our collective unconscious. Because you know, anyone, like Swaggered, anyone that far to the right is hiding a very deep and dark secret. You do know that, right? I'm an armchair fucking uh, psychologist, but anyone that... You know when Jesse Helms finally dies, he's going to commit suicide, first of all, in a wash tub out back underneath a pecan tree gonna slash his wrist and he's gonna write in blood, I've been a bad boy. But you know they're gonna find the skins of young children drying in his attic. Swarms of horse going in and out of the eaves and on CNN, over and over, his wife going, I always wondered about Jesse's collection of little shoes. Anyone that far to the right is fucking hiding a deep, dark secret.
1: Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. So Cecil our, our, just got back from uh, my first venture out of America. Um, I spent a week up in Canada in the woods looking at bears and catching fish and basking in universal health care. How was uh, the health care up there? You know, I didn't use it. Um, because I like hear to it's pretty universal. I mean, it, I it, hear
2: it's relatively universal.
1: Actually, it's, it's funny because I was there with a, a guide who's obviously a local Canadian. And uh, he asked, like, we kind of got talking a little bit about it at one point, And he asked, well, he kind of he couldn't even understand the idea. Because we were talking about benefits for his job, and he's like, wow, well, yeah, you know, my wife's got great benefits. I'm like, "Well, what benefits do they even offer? You guys have universal <laughs> you health care. They give like, you, like, a
2: party hat.
1: Right, <laughs> right like, <laughs> well, here's your complimentary bag of strippers. Like, what's your benefits? <laughs> And he starts, he's like, no, no, that's, he's like the, uni- you know, the universal, he's like the social health care system. He's like, it doesn't cover anything. He's like, it doesn't cover, cover orthopedics or vision or chiropractic. And I'm like, well, chiropractic is fake. <laughs> Nobody has vision. <laughs> Nobody covers orthopedic. I laughed. I was like the, even the major medical that we pay for doesn't cover any right, of that. So right. That's still supplemental. It's so like like you get the free stuff and then you get supplemental as your benefit. <laughs> it doesn't
2: cover anything. In that it doesn't cover anything that would keep you alive
1: normally. <laughs> <laughs> like our benefits the the the, the difference is like you know, they start off with the base model, and then they add the trim. No kidding, right? right? Like, <laughs> we're just hoping for the base model. We're just like, I would like an engine. They're like, mm, not covered. No. Up there, up there, they buy you a car, and then you could put the add-ons
2: on. Down here, you have a stick and a fucking tire that you're <laughs> fucking rolling down the road. <laughs>
1: He asked at one point, he he was just incredulous at the whole thing. And he said, I mean, he was, he was dumbfounded. He said, well, what does a broken arm cost? And I said, there's no way to calculate it. It depends on what hospital you go right. to, what insurance you right. have, what tests they do. There's no way for you to know what it's going to cost. And as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, this is insane. Like, there's no way for you to know what anything costs until you've had the procedures done. Sure, sure. And then you pay, I'm like, and then like in my plan, I pay $1,500 plus 20%. And he just stared at me like, but I thought you were insured. I'm like, That's the most
2: expensive insurance my
1: company offers. Oh,
2: you got to love it when somebody's going to tell you, oh, it doesn't cover anything. Wait, you have to pay $1,500 every time you're sick? <laughs>
1: what does that cost him? Like it's about 800 bucks out of my pocket for the family every month. I thought he was going to spit. That is
2: (laughs) fucking, Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. Did you hear that? This American life recently, the, the one of the latest ones where the guy, um, he had a his appendix blow up and he didn't have health insurance and it cost him $44,000.
1: Holy shit. No, I didn't hear it. Is it the newest
2: one? <laughs> it's one of the newer ones. Yeah.
1: $44,000. Can you imagine?
2: And he's like and he's like and he's making jokes cuz he's on stage. It's one of those sort of funny, you know. It's like what it's almost like a moth sort of thing where they do that sure. thing where they yeah. they record at the moth. And it's a story time sort of thing. And he keeps talking about how it just came in a regular envelope. Like the $44,000 did not come. The $44,000 bill came in like a regular white envelope with the rest of the mail. It should have come in like a black envelope with like a skull and crossbones on it. It's a hilarious episode. So if the listeners um, – it's it's one of these uh, – I want to say that the, the name of the episode of the, the This American Life is called A House Divided. It talks about politics in, uh, in Wisconsin a lot. But then at the end, it has this great story. Story about uh about the uh healthcare of uh when you don't have healthcare in this country what happens to you if you you know a simple procedure you know is I mean it's not that simple because the guy could have died with a burst appendix it's pretty bad. Um and but at the same time it's like, you know, this guy up in this guy up in Canada, he would have shit a golden brick if you told him something cost forty four thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: Right. Like in Canada, that same thing would have cost him no dollars.
2: Exactly. He would have had a four day stay or a five day stay in a hospital for nothing, for zero dollars.
1: That's a forty four thousand dollar discount. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. That's, That's a difference. Really...
2: No, but seriously, it's the difference between a medical bankruptcy and fucking being able to live.
1: Yeah. Being able to say like, oh, man, that really sucked. And I'm glad it's over. And now I'll just spend my time recovering physically <laughs> Yeah, instead of like, man, that really sucked and the worst is yet to come. Yeah, and now I have to get 3 other jobs to pay this bill. Well, you know what's really crazy is is to to imagine like the people who get sick, go to the hospital, become financially destitute as a result and end up becoming depressed and committing suicide. It's like you, you should have just not gone to the hospital in the first place.
2: It's right? <laughs> <just laughs> tough that
1: shit out. Like it's ABC, <laughs> just cut out B, you know? Get no sick, kidding. commit suicide, problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. That's the health care system. Yeah. And then you don't
2: leave anybody with your debt at the end. of everything. <laughs> Universal health care that's free for everyone who lives in this country. It'll cost us less than what we're spending now, lining the pockets of these private health insurance companies, of these pharmaceutical companies.
1: New York Times had a had a great story. Um, it's, it's also a very funny story in a way, because
2: it's also a very fucking obvious yeah, story.
1: It, it, it's it's sort of absurdly obvious, but. Um. Even the, first, even the beginning of it. First study of its kind shows benefits of providing medical insurance to poor. <laughs> huh. And Nobody
2: had considered the poor before. <laughs> it's like, it's like,
1: do you think they need medical insurance? You know, yeah. I don't know if it would help them. No. You know, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Would it help? Would it, you know, providing food to the hungry. Right. Um, we're going to need some more study. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to. I'm not, not. I'm just sure. not sure. I'm just not sure. I mean, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> this study is... is <laughs> they, at one point, they call it an economics, uh, an economist's dream because in uh, Oregon, they basically ran out of money and they had to have a lottery to see who got Medicare or Medicaid. I don't know the difference. Medicaid. Um, and so, you know, like 10,000 people got it and the other 80,000... Got a hearty handshake and a fair hello. <laughs> and a big um, fucking fat bill. Right, right. And uh, so, so, so they were like, well, great. It would have been unethical. And this is my favorite part. It would have been unethical to devise a study that replicates this. That would be unethical. Yeah. But does it happen anyway?
2: But just doing it to people without studying it, right. without planning on studying it beforehand, that's fine.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like, well, don't you think that if it's unethical, you're kind of assuming the result a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, but they they studied it and they said because evidently there's people who said you know well, the you know the poor would not benefit from. Health insurance? Who says I don't that? even know. Other than Michelle Bachman, who would say that? You know, and their, their arguments were like, well, there's already a safety net. Emergency rooms, charity care, free clinics. And my favorite, the option to go to a doctor and simply not pay the bill. Do you live in America? If you make an appointment at any doctor's office, they ask you what insurance you have. Right. And if you say none, they don't make
2: the appointment. You know, my, my father-in-law just had his, uh, his hip resurfaced. <laughs> He's like a fucking old Buick, you know what I mean? Like he just got resurfaced. But he had his hip resurfaced, right? And he went down to the doctor's office, and the doctor office said, well, what insurance company is this? And he said, well, I'm paying for it out of pocket. He's like, okay, that's fine as long as I have all the money up front. Yeah. And he had to pay it all up front. That is a fucking fallacy. You can't walk into a fucking clinic and be like, yeah, I don't have any money. Yeah, well, get a fucking, go to the emergency room
1: right. where they're required to treat you. Yeah, but, you know, even the emergency room, I, you know, my wife went to the emergency room recently for a fucking weird eye infection she got. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome
2: that you're laughing at she her. She looks
1: so crazy. It was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the emergency room. And she's like, like her eyes, like all swollen shut and like weeping and like looking crazy as hell. And before they even look at you in America, they're like, okay, well, let's process you in through registration, which means let me take a copy of your insurance card. Right. That's that's what it means. Like, you can show up, be like, I've been shot in the face with an RPG. They'd be like, "Mm, is that Humana (laughs) or Blue Cross? Sir, you can't set your brain on the table. (laughs) But I slid my insurance card under it. Okay, great. No problem. Here, grab an (laughs) M&M out of this bowl. It, it's it, it's insane. That, so so when poor people were given insurance, they not only find that they see doctors more often. There's a shocker in that <laughs> no study. kidding, right? Uh, but they also feel better. They're less depressed, probably because the depression <laughs> Cause is getting treated. And my favorite, they're better able to maintain financial stability. That's because they're not paying $44,000 for a routine ap- a- 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 appendix surgery. Right. I mean, that's insane.
2: Well, you know, the thing is, is like, like all of these things seem so obvious when you hear them, (laughs) when you hear what they have to say, you look at, you look at this article and you're like, I mean, you can't help but just look at it and say, well, duh, because so much of it is just seems like it'd be common sense. It's like, well, the depression goes away. Well, yeah, because they don't have to worry about all these, you know, one of these, these loads on their mind. Is, you know, oh fuck, my leg's all fucked up. Something's wrong with my leg. And I can't go into the doctor and I'm fucking limping around and I'm not as productive at work, you know, or, or maybe I lost my job because of it, or any of these like awful things that can happen to you when you're sick. And then, you know, they don't know if it's fucking gonna, you know, kill them and they're always worried. All those things go away the moment you can just have somebody look you in the face and be like, oh, it's going to be fine. All you have to do is take these fucking antibiotics and exercise three times a week. Suddenly everything looks different. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's something about a doctor telling you what's right and what's wrong with you that makes people feel better. And, you know, well, fuck, if everybody had that option. Suddenly, you have a lot of people in
1: this country that you know are more productive. Well, don't we want to raise productivity? I mean, right? <laughs> like, it, it's just it's just crazy to think that you would argue that like we'll just we'll just send him to the emergency room. Well, great. So if I'm diabetic and I go to the emergency room because I'm what uh, dead or yeah. in a in a coma, and I hope somebody found me. I mean, you, you don't go to the emergency room for routine care. Or for maintenance care, which is what a lot of uh, conditions call for, you go to the emergency room for emergencies. Right, that's the name. And and everybody, everybody universally reviles the from the from the workers to the Republicans to Democrats. Everybody agrees that using emergency rooms as primary physician care. Is it is a drain on resources? It's more expensive. Everybody waits. Nobody wins. Right. So, suggesting that as an option, be like, well, they can just go. Yeah, yeah. They can just go if they get, you know, shot or fucking stabbed or something. But if you're just like, I have depression, I would like a pill because that helps. Be like, well, it's not really emergency depression. Call me when you have the gun to your head. Right. You, you just you don't give people options.
2: Well, here's here's another thing, Tom. Who's fucking paying for it? <laughs> right. Somebody's <laughs> got to pay for it. The guy doesn't just go in and because he doesn't have insurance, he walks into the emergency room with a fucking valid emergency and no insurance. It's not like that fucking stuff that they did, the time the doctor worked, the materials that he used, the time and the electricity and all that shit that goes into it, the processing, all the stuff that goes into medical billing doesn't just fucking disappear because you don't have insurance. It's (laughs) fucking still there. Somebody's paying for it. Let me tell you who's paying for it. Our insurance companies are paying for it anyway because the next person who comes in gets charged more to pay for fucking guy who didn't have
1: insurance. When you say it like that, it seems obvious that everybody should have some kind of <laughs>
2: yeah. coverage, um, that we should apply yeah, yeah. When you say coverage it, When universally. you say it with my liberal bias, with my liberal bias yeah. that I say it with, yeah. Because yeah. reality has a known
1: liberal bias. It does. You know, yeah. it, it, there's a there's a definite – the problem is that that numbers and statistics, all those things are liberal.
2: Right. You know, Absolutely. And that's a
1: problem. I mean, really, if we used a different base system, maybe we'd have <laughs> –
2: base conservative
1: right it's on conservapedia actually they won't even count to 10 on (laughs) conservapedia they don't
0: (laughs) Uh. it's interesting that so many questions i guess do revolve around that that centeredness that i have of um, respecting life and the potential of every human life that no stem cell research that would ultimately end in destruction of life also
1: in medicine Um, This is actually kind of an awesome story. Um, Woman in uh, North Carolina, um, stem cells were used to restore her eyesight. She'd been blind for 20 years um, because of an allergic reaction to chickenpox. So I'm going to have to throw out there like, really, you don't want to vaccinate your kid for chickenpox? It's not deadly. Blinding, though. (laughs) Blinding. (laughs) You're like, well, kid's still alive. Can't fucking read. Why blind? Fucking could have solved that problem Anyway. Don't worry, Jenny McCarthy's gonna
2: come over and read books to her for the
1: rest of her life. Great. When Jenny McCarthy <laughs> learns to read, that might be fucking useful. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't even watch her strip. Like, the only uh, thing she was good at. I know. Like, like, is she hot, Dad? <laughs> yeah, dude. She's really hot, buddy. Sorry you can't see this right now. But. <laughs>
2: <she> <laughs> that's just terrible. <laughs>
1: So she gets stem cells, it restores her eyesight, and I think this is awesome. She refuses to call it a miracle. This is, um, I'm going to read this directly. This is from a, uh, an interview uh, Greg Dobbs did with her. And, uh, when we first talked on the phone you told me your story, I said, what a miracle. You said, I don't like that word, miracle. Answer, no, I don't. Why? Uh, because I think miracle connotes a religious miracle, and I think this is completely due to modern science. Which is why it's not a miracle in your mind. No, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of education and it's a lot of willingness to go out on a limb and try something new that nobody else is willing to try. It's amazing. It's inspirational. It's wonderful. But I don't think it's a miracle.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking awesome. That's my fucking slow clap for you, lady. (laughs) That's fucking awesome.
1: That, That whole nonsense. And we've talked about this before. That whole nonsense where, you know, oh, you get sick and then you get better, and then the getting better is because of God. God's like, right, well, right. I didn't have anything to do with you getting sick, but I got you covered once you got right. sick.
2: <laughs> right. Did not you create all this shit to make <laughs> me sick?
1: No, I didn't create those viruses yeah. and bacteria that are living fucking things that I supposedly created the all of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I create them all, but, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to. Like, even God sneezes sometimes. And aren't you omniscient? Yeah, well, it's sort yeah. of, like, ha- like, like, kind of omniscient.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if there was a God, I would be so angry with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, well, I, I read this, though, Tom. I read this this article, and I read about the stem cells. And, I mean, we had that fucking dullard in office for so many years that was not interested in stem cell research. And... Look at something like this, and then what? You you read that that uh, article that was posted on our page? I think it was Colleen who posted on our page that was about the uh, the they created a, a piece of trachea yeah. out of stem cells, and and it was inserted in somebody's body, and it, they totally didn't reject it. It was like grown in a lab and then put in, and everything's fucking like they're like, yep, it's all good. No rejection whatsoever. And so, like, you wonder, you know, here is somebody who's <laughs> who's against, he's a religious guy, obviously, who's against stem cell research for years and years and years and years. Then they finally let stem cells come in and this guy wants you to call him a miracle? Right. Fuck you, right. miracle. What an insult. And I, and I love that she's not empowering the word. I
1: love that shit. You know, the temptation is to use throwaway words like miracle, you know? and And she won't, and here she's getting interviewed, and she's like, "No, uh uh-uh. <laughs> right. this is my this is my chance this is my chance to give props where they're fucking due exactly you know where are the props doing this the props the props are due to the to, to the people who dedicated their lives right dedicated years and years and tremendous talent and energy and resources, and the culmination of all of that I mean really honestly, the culmination of of, of all of that gained knowledge for hundreds and uh, thousands of years, but really from the age of reason and science forward, you know, that, that culminates in this woman getting her fucking vision back. Good for her for not blaming it right. on the magic man fucking in the sky. A. Fucking A, man. Motherfucker created chicken pox. <laughs> Could have done without that. You fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to see young people who are as committed to the cause of Jesus Christ as the young people are to the cause of Islam. I want to see them as radically laying down their lives for the gospel.
1: So Cecil, this is a, uh, a, a an opinion article that you had sent uh, to me. That I thought this was kind of insane. Um, the, the title of the article is Evolution of Religious Bigotry, the Cowardice and Intolerance of Slapping a Darwin Fish on Your Car Bumper. Um, I thought it was satire the first time I read it. Uh, I, I was, you know, here's the, this is in the LA Times. This is in their opinion section. It was written by Jonah Goldberg. Um, and uh, uh, I, I read this today and I was sort of confused because the, the whole beginning of it has nothing to do with the Darwin Fish. It's right. almost like his editor said, like, you know, give me 250 words. He's like, fuck. I got 125 words worth of shit to say about two different subjects because the the first half of this article of this opinion column, um, which proves much like our show that everyone has a fucking opinion, right? Um, talks about a a short film, a 17 minute film by Geert Wilders, head of the Dutch Freedom Party, um, and it's it's a pretty uh, aggressive film which takes a stance against uh, Muslim immigrants and. Um, has a lot of images from the Quran and images um, of, you know, violence done in the name of, of religious leaders. And then he just like, he kind of goes from saying like, this is a brave and powerful film. And, you know, kudos to him for putting this together. And uh, then he just like kind of goes off the fucking deep end and starts talking about the Darwin fish and how the Darwin fish is is cowardly and a, 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 an insult to Christians and he relates a story when he's in Istanbul this is the part that I think is amazing he relates a story where he's in Istanbul where somebody sort of surreptitiously draws the Christian fish and shows it to him to sort of say like hey I'm a Christian too but it's not cool here I can't say it out loud I've kind of got to hide this so let me hide this and then he's saying like well look you know in, in other parts of the world The Christian fish is is a revered symbol and people have to hide their beliefs. And uh, here we have people mocking that with a Darwin fish. And it's like, well, you don't don't really understand what's going on here at all. Yeah. It's not fair to juxtapose, first of all, the religious intolerance um, perpetrated by uh, Turkey with America. That's not that's not fucking accurate at all. Right. Like
2: at well, all. Well, it's not accurate and it, and you know what what it says is is that it basically, you know, he's saying that the Darwin fish um belittles Christianity and makes it feel like it's, you know, it's it's a it's belittling it, but it's like what you're doing is belittling the struggle of other people in other parts of the world where intolerant where where it's way more intolerant than it is here here it's a conversation right like i have a darwin fish on my on my car whether you like it or not um we might be able to have a conversation about whether or not you like it whether or not you think it's the right thing to do over there you can't even do that it's it's like a, it's like fucking apples and oranges it's it a totally different feel
1: it, it, it is and, it, and his suggestion in the article is that the darwin fish um, is sort of this uh self important mockery of the uh of the christian fish I, I don't think so at all I think is it an appropriation yeah it 's an appropriation you know I, absolutely it 's an appropriation but um i don 't think it 's any more illegitimate for somebody to if if i 've got to hop in my car and drive behind somebody and see their religious belief sort of broadcast on their bumper and they 've got a right to do that and that 's unassailable and he 's not criticizing them for doing that. I'm going to hop in my car and see the Darwin fish on there. Okay. Agree? Disagree? Fine. I, I don't I don't see it as being necessarily like antagonistic in any way.
2: I, I also think that there's like a a straw man he's throwing up here too at the end of the article, right? I'm going to quote from the very last last paragraph. The Darwin fish ostensibly symbolizes the superiority of progressive minded science over backward looking faith. I think this is a false juxtaposition. I would have a lot more respect for those folks who believe it if they aimed their brave contempt for religion at those who might behead them for it. Well, hey, buddy, I'm going to say this right now. Fuck those people that that use religion to hurt other people. Okay, fuck all those people and fuck all their religions. How's that? Okay, (laughs) so I'm not fucking taking sides here and saying, you know, oh, I'm just going to bash Christianity because that's kind of what's in vogue now or how I look down on it because I'm I'm a progressive minded science over backwards looking faith. No, no, no. It's if you use some sort of magic man in the sky to inflict damage on other people, I fucking hate you. Period. Okay. There's no fuck. I don't. I don't. I certainly don't look at somebody like uh, Jerry Falwell and then somebody like the the Ayatollah and think any different of either one of those guys. I think they're the, they're cut from the exact fucking same cloth, and I despise both of them. So your your argument's a giant fucking straw man. Don't pretend to know what I think.
1: And this this idea that um, that the Christians are. Uh, you know, somehow better than the Muslims and that we should direct our derision at the Muslims. Um, I would invite you to look a little more heavily into your past as a Christian and say, Hey, you don't have clean hands either. Right. Um, not by a fucking long stretch. Yeah. The, the, the the Muslims are, uh, definitely the religious group in vogue, at the moment, to be worried about, um, but you guys are hardly blameless. In fact, there was there was an article um, that I that I read today. You know, I think you sent it to me. Cecil. so they um, talked about a uh, a museum where these cars were being vandalized. Yeah, you know, cars that have this Darwin fish on them. You know, it started off simple enough. The fish, were, the little fish bumper sticker thingies, were being pulled off. And then, you know, religious notes were being left on the cars. And then finally, they just started pounding nails into the cars, like into the tires of the cars. So let's not pretend for a moment that everybody walking around is a turn the other cheek give right. you a hug and a handshake.
2: Yeah, I mean look at look at fucking last week what we were talking about. Last podcast we we're talking about there you got to pay what? 50 extra thousand dollars to put an atheist sign on a bus cuz they're afraid of what the Christians might do to the sign? Fuck you, dude. You're bitching about a fucking Darwin fish when people can fucking deface a sign that says, "Hey, you don't believe in God, you're not alone." That you want to talk about an, innocu- an innocuous message that gets fucking people hot? Let's talk about the other one that we, we talked about a couple weeks ago when those people were like, oh, I'm just so very disappointed in it. I can't believe kids can see that somebody doesn't believe in God. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, like <laughs> e- e- this guy his e- and, you know, your argument is just – it's just retarded and you're an idiot. You're a fool who believes that somehow <laughs> a one religion that is, you know, obviously doing some really – you know, some people in that religion are doing some really awful – awful things right now, um, and have been for a while, you know, they, that somehow because they exist, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give any derision whatsoever to the Catholics or the Christians because somehow I have to, I have to only hate one religion. Like, man, I, I don't like any of them.
1: <laughs> Equal opportunity. Stick
2: a Darwin fish on this guy's fucking forehead. <laughs> Great. You Dummy. do that.
1: I'll put the nail on his foot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I do <laughs> I do think that uh, nails are probably not the way to go yeah, <laughs> as a Christian. Know,
0: right? <laughs> if the ionization rate is constant for all ectoplasmic entities, we could really bust some heads in a spiritual sense of course.
1: Richard Weissman has a new book um, on paranormality, which I love that works. So it's fucking awful to say, on paranormality. Um, and this is kind of interesting. Um, he had to retitle the book. Um, Because publishers, publishers in the UK, fine. Publishers in in many other countries, fine. They bought it, you know, here we go. It's not like Professor Richard Wiseman is nobody either. I mean, it's not like this is his first fucking book. Right. Um, But uh, he wrote a book, Paranormality. In the UK, it's uh, subtitled Why We See What Isn't There. Um, In order to get publishers to bite... He had to change the subtitle of the book to Why We Believe the Impossible, which has a totally different tone to it. Totally different tone. Right. And he was asked, even more egregious, he was asked by publishers to change some of the things in his book, (laughs) to rewrite it, to suggest that ghosts were real and that psychic powers existed. (laughs) The book is about how they do not
2: exist so you know your whole thesis right your whole arguments if you could kind of throw in some things that fucking corrupt your
1: entire arguments we would really really like to buy it then i would love to be at that lunch meeting right (sighs) you know you're just like yeah i'll have the chicken caesar so listen (laughs) professor um great book hey listen over at Haught and Mifflin, we're real excited about it. Right, guys? Right? Am I right? <laughs> okay. The only thing we had a problem with were the f- facts and the <laughs> conclusions. If you could just maybe reverse all of that, yeah, that'd be We really like the
2: first page and the 45th page. But if you could rewrite the entire rest of the book.
1: <laughs> we do want to publish the cover Yeah, Because we think a bent spoon
2: looks fucking (laughs) awesome. I can't believe... And, you know, like, what does that say, Tom? You know, we get some mail occasionally from over the pond uh, in different places. And um, what does that say about the United States? That our market is so fucking, uh, I guess, just so full of this garbage, this pseudoscience shit that... You know, somebody like Richard Wiseman can walk up to the the publishers and they will look at it and be like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand what sells in the United States. We're really fucking dumb over here. (laughs) And what we want is fucking dumbed down, retarded bullshit. So if you could maybe put a Jesus fish on there for us and then, I don't know, talk about like celebrity ghost stories throughout the entire thing, then we're fucking gold.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's not a real ringing endorsement for America. God. At all. You know, it's kind of funny that America, you know, like, sort of founded on this idea of, like, you know, people, can't, at least the mythology is that, you know, people uh, of all stripes kind of came over to America to flee religious intolerance and persecution. And they're here, and they're just like, you know, it would be great. Let's be intolerant. And persecute, persecute people. <laughs> that's what—that's really—like, not us. Like, we don't want to be the subject yeah. of it. That was bad. That's why we left. Right. But if we could just go ahead and, and be the ones doing it, that's a way better—like, you didn't learn the lesson right. We should try to elect an official, somebody like
2: a <laughs> Michelle Bachman,
0: who is trying to— I wish the American media would take a great look at the views of the people in Congress and find out, are they pro-America or anti-America?
1: She is, um, man, she's this election season's Sarah Palin. Oh, my God. She is awesome.
2: (laughs) God, dude, she is all over the news because she's fucking crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just I just have to understand who supports her.
2: That is the most terrifying thing, I think, of this entire thing is that she's not only somebody who's just running for office, right? Like, so there's – that proves that she has some sort of backing. But you look at it, Tom, and she she is leading – not leading, but she's, like, trailing in close second in, like, the Iowa caucuses. And you're like, there's a majority of people out there or even just like a, a a large minority of people who listen to what this obviously imbalanced crazy person has to say. And they think, yep, that's where we need to be. <laughs> like the most intolerant, crazy person you can find. And I really feel like I kind of don't want to jump into the Republican versus Democrat thing because I think, Tom, both you and I, while we do lean liberal, I think more often than not, I think that we like to look at things objectively, at least as objectively as we can. And I hate to fall into those party lines where I'm like, oh, this guy is this and this guy is this. And I don't, you know, you don't ever talk bad about your party and you don't ever talk good about the other party. What I can't stand is that when a when a republican runs and starts getting votes they're almost always the craziest most fucking right-wing scary fucker you could possibly <laughs> imagine but when a when a democrat starts gaining ground they're almost always the moderate yeah. why is that
1: i have no idea i think the conversation i think the the problem is that um the republican the far crazy neo-crunchy nut job right um for some reason they're so much better at the rhetoric.
2: That's what it is. That's got to be it. From a,
1: they, they seem to have found a way. Um, you know, even things like liberal and conservative. Conservative sort of sounds better, right? Like it right. sounds. It's like, well, you know, not I'm just conservative. You know, oh, okay, well, that doesn't sound. I don't think it sounds harmful in that, but like liberal sounds like, well, I, I mean, conservative says you're going to do what's been done. I'm comfortable with what's been done. I mean, that's not really what you do, but that's the idea. I'm comfortable with what's been done, but they sort of reframe this whole argument, the whole set of arguments and their rhetoric is just so much better. And they're just so fucking loud, man. Yeah. They're well, so the, loud. There's,
2: I'm so often caught. Uh, these, these people are so often caught in lies and it does not matter. No, that's the thing that that's crazy. And we're going to talk to about four or five stories straight in a row about her. Yeah. And she, they're Not almost always either just she's fucking scary she she fucking did something that people are should be appalled by or she's just blatantly lying and it's just it's just like fucking glassy eyes with fucking Bachman signs like that's all it can be
1: i it, it she doesn't make sense to anybody i don't think as a can- i don't even think she makes sense to her own constituency as a candidate you know i mean her own evangelical right um they have this idea from their from their bible about you know <laughs> men being in charge of the women folk. And and Bachman even got her degree, her postdoc in tax law, which she hates because her husband told her to. And her fucking husband's in charge of her because she's property. President property? Yeah. It's very confusing. Like, you, you worry that at any moment her husband can just, like, turn her over and mortgage her, like fucking Monopoly <laughs> property. Just like, whoop! Well, turn her over! Got a mortgage on her, give me the money! What? Yep, yeah, don't worry. Things go tits up, we'll just sell, send Bachman over and take care of that, no problem. Flip her over. It, you know, it's... How She's got she- a little
2: tramp stamp on her that has, like, $250 on it. <laughs>
1: It doesn't make any sense at all for her as a candidate, even within her own. And they have to do like these sort of backflips to make it make sense. And it, it doesn't work. You know, I read that they, you know, one of the things they said is like, well, the Bible says that a woman is subordinate to a man in the home. But civic politics isn't the home. So then they're maybe not subordinate. What? I mean... That's because fucking politics didn't really exist in that way. Like it was kings. Okay? Yeah,
2: right. And and who are you to say? Like, w- what are we supposed to think about this sort of thing? If if that's what you really truly believe in the home, why isn't going to carry over in your work?
1: No, because like, I mean, it, it would have to. It would just have to. Um, but you know, she's she's a total nut. I mean, she just. She's the first of the or she was the first of the candidates of the Republican candidates, to sign the Family Leader's Pledge. First of all, the family leader, I don't know if you guys watch The Simpsons at all, but it reminds me of that episode, the cult episode. Oh, yeah, about yeah. About the leader. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I read the family leader. leader. <laughs> <laughs> he has the most powerful mind we've ever encountered. <laughs> But she signed their pledge, um, and basically is like, you know, saying pornography should be banned. <laughs> Good luck, Bachman. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> no more masturbation, America. <laughs> <Give that laughs> whole world.
2: You want to talk about a sexually frustrated America? We'll be attacking everybody by the end
1: of the month. <laughs> it's gonna be war all over. <laughs> no more pornography. Way to destroy the internet! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit cracks. That cracks me up. She's gonna ban it. The family leader <laughs> unveiled their uh, 14 bullet pledge presidential nonsense thing. That you know these guys are getting basically strong armed into uh, into signing. And you know the the preface to the pledge originally said. That um, black kids, and they had to take this out because it's awful. Um, that black kids were better off under slavery because at least they had two parents. They removed that bit of it because that it's is, insane.
2: That is the most insulting thing I, I think I've ever heard. You know, and what does that tell you, Tom, about who wrote this fucking thing? Right? You know what I mean? Like, right. it's not fucking. Uh, Michael Steele of the GOP writing this thing, right. you know, the old chair. Instead, it's fucking, you know, it's not fucking Clarence Thomas writing this either. You know what I mean? Like, those are two black Republicans that, you know, are pretty, I mean, I think pretty conservative, but I don't think they'd agree with that statement, no, right? That's a, that's an, so, so who's saying that, right? right? Because only a fucking white, a entitled, cock-sucking, asshole white
1: person would say that. You have to think this wasn't the first draft yeah no kidding you know? it went through editing process it, at some they, point at, at some point they all said okay guys it's going out today are we good with this do we is this is this who we are as the family leader is this who we are
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> you want to add the S on there it's, oh.
1: <laughs> we can only have one leader you know leader
2: the family leader <laughs>
1: Um it's so ridiculous. I know. But, you know, they talk in their pledge about debasing the currency of marriage. Um, and uh, they say uh, in complete absence of empirical proof that non-heterosexual inclinations are genetically determined. That's not even true. Um, that's insane. And then it goes on. It says um, that non-heterosexual inclinations are genetically determined, irresistible, and akin to innate traits like race, gender and eye color, race has actually been thoroughly debunked as something you 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 cannot race is more social than it is genetic. The the, the idea race has been very thoroughly debunked as a um genetic thing that exists. Yeah if if you take the DNA of a person and the DNA of another person, the bones of a person, the bones of another person. You cannot determine what their race is. Race is not a genetic trait. You know, that's that's been that's been very thoroughly debunked. Race is a social construction, you know, so it's I, I think that's very telling in and of itself. So and where's the where's the empirical proof that homosexuality is a choice then if that's the if that's the opposite of this pledge But she signs this pledge She signs it, it's full of crazy shit Talking about homosexuality Being akin to polygamy Adultery, polyandry um, Homosexuality being a public Health, health risk That uh, pornography should be banned And then rejecting Sharia Islam law. Who Do we are, Am I living in the wrong country? Are there, are there politicians that I'm not aware of Who are calling for fucking Sharia law? In evidently, America? evidently, and glad. Good thing Bachman's around. Oh God, protecting us! Because if she from wasn't this.
2: around, I mean, we would be under Sharia law at this point. We would. I'm surprised we're not. Yeah, I've
1: I've grown a beard just in case. Right. Been you know, wearing white a lot. I, here's the thing. I don't know if it's gonna go Sharia or Orthodox Jew. So I went beard because it feels safe. I'm just looking forward to my Sharona law. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> that family pledge. Um, I like this. Mitt Romney gave that the old no stamp. Um, and I have to say, kudos to you. Yeah. Um, there's some things I like very much about Mitt Romney, actually. Um, Mitt Romney um, supports gay rights. Um, he supported them. He took a lot of flack for it. Um, he probably lost in Iowa last time because of it. Yeah, um, which but is he odd because
2: Iowa has gay marriage. I know, it's isn't illegal. that funny?
1: But it's you know, it's within a small subset. Right, of, right. It's of in the, the caucus subset. Right, the caucus. <laughs> that is a ridiculous system. <laughs> it's absurd. It's fucking held in like people's houses and fucking living rooms and Weird. shit. That is not. That is not a system. <laughs> I'm a sorry. Fucking, that's, that's tea sandwiches, damn it. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. That's a dinner party gone wrong. That's what that is. Um but he refused to sign the pledge. Now there's a there's a there's a bunch of the, the other candidates who are reviewing it or looking it over and they're probably gonna hem and hawn. Maybe they just but he he outright just said no. Mm-mm, no. Not gonna do it. Um not going to sign it. And fucking kudos to you Mitt Romney because that pledge is crazy.
2: Yeah, and Mitt Romney is one of these guys like well they 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 want to bust his balls about uh healthcare too. All the Republicans like to bust his balls about this, but a lot of the president's plan for healthcare came from Mitt Romney. So, you know what I mean? Like like here's a guy I think there's some people on the right that I can get get behind sometimes and Mitt Romney's like you said, you like him some of the time. I do too. And I think you know when I when I hear him talk and I hear him speak I I'm never really one of the I'm never cringing. I'm never yeah. thinking, "Oh god, please no. no. No 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 no." No no, I'm like holding my ears or hugging my knees. It's never like that. It's always okay, well, all right, maybe I disagree with you, Mitt Romney, well a guy with a name like Mitt which is a weird name anyway. It's
1: super but, weird. you know,
2: uh you know, maybe I mis- d- disagree with you, but I don't I I'm not so like I'm not so crazy about it where I could be like, oh, I, this person is like nails on a fucking chalkboard, like Michelle Bachman, like fucking Newt Gingrich. Like those people are fucking weird, crazy people <laughs> that I don't want to ever see in office. At least I could, you know, I could see myself in a heated race, maybe voting for a Mitt Romney if sure. it was the, if it was the right. You know, if, if he said the right things, there's a possibility I could vote for
1: him. Yeah. M- Mitt Romney is not anywhere near as terrifying as. And has, has anyone figured out if Palin is running yet or is I she don't just know. driving a motor coach? She's around? driving around in a big vote for me she truck. She
2: you know doing. what I mean? Like, I don't know. If she Maybe she's looking to film who's nailing Palin too.
1: I don't know. She's, uh, she, like, she is going to be deemed like not fit to run for office at some point, like medically unfit. God. That's
2: it. You know, that's the other thing too is that um, – Palin is a scary person. Palin's a very scary person. And, you know, as scary as Michelle Bachman is, you know, Palin is, I think, it's hard to say that she's scarier than Michelle Bachman, but she's certainly up there. And the stuff that she was saying and the stuff that she, you know, like how she speaks and what she talks about and how she approaches things and would approach things like foreign policy is scary as shit. It's scary as hell. And it says so much about the United States when her fucking book is a bestseller. Yeah. I mean it really does.
1: And nothing good either. It's right. not like, oh, that's a good no. No. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of off. And being frank, she is clearly not a bright woman. No, clearly not, you know. And and she keeps making that point clearer her and clearer. Well, and then she the admits time. it. I
2: mean, she f- fully admits it all the time like oh look I'm just a regular old person and it's like yeah and there's a reason why I don't want fucking Joe the plumber or my fucking building guy to be the president you You're know right. what I mean <laughs> like like the there's soup. a reason I don't want the guy who cleans my <laughs> office at night who does a fucking spectacular job of mopping up the floor after a scummy fucker like me is in my office all day i come in it's sparkling fucking clean but you know what i don't want him fucking telling the army where to go <laughs> you know what I mean? like
1: That's not what I want. One of the more insane things she also did was give a speech about welfare and and faith in God, Um, basically saying that, uh, you know, sort of giving her story. She's a millionaire now um, where she, she was poor at one point and they didn't go on any kind of social assistance programs. Instead, they had faith in God and now she's a billionaire or whatever. And that is not, fight, you know, like. You just want to see, like, right above her head, like, results not typical.
2: Right, exactly, (laughs) right?
1: All the time, like, do not count on this. I think the most um, religious group of people I've ever met in my life have been poor. Right. That is not helping them because they are still poor. (laughs) That's not
2: not a solution. You know, I just want to read what she says here. Let me just read, read what she says. This is her speaking. She says, we went from middle class... To, uh, to overnight below poverty And my mother Had to leave the home and get a job And I had to go out and get a babysitting Jobs to help out We didn't go on any dependency programs And I don't begrudge anyone who does that When I say that But we didn't do that Yeah, way to fucking look down your nose By not looking down your nose, right We had faith in God We depended on our neighbors We depended on ourselves And we just did without we may do, we did without, and we were just grateful for what we had. We knew that one day things would be better, and there and then they were. And God was faithful. Why does God have to be? I don't necessarily, God was faithful, <laughs> and and they when they were better. God was faithful. What faithful to what? Like why does? Aren't you supposed to be faithful to God? But well, God I want to point out something Bach. from my past. Okay, and. I know exactly what this feels like, right? Because when I was a young man, a very young, a boy actually, my uh, my father lost his job during the Reagan era. Okay, and uh, overnight, just like her, we went from middle class to poverty, and we were on uh, we were on very little public assistance. We had we had gotten some food from the government, but we also had some food stamps, and then we we had very little money that was coming in unemployment, but it was very little. And I remember we went out and got paper routes to help support our family. So, you know, I did we did the exact same thing, Bachman. You know what I mean? Like, but we took the government handouts that we could and we survived. And I'm not any worse for it. And I'm not, I'm not on a dependency program. It's not a dependency program. What it was, was it was a welfare program for the time. And now I'm a productive adult, living a productive life, paying taxes, and and giving to charities when I can. So you know what the fuck? Like it's I didn't I didn't spend the rest of my life on my on the government teeth thinking fucking this is a good life, government cheese every week. You know what I mean? Like I'm not <laughs> fucking thinking that. I know there's a million people out there that don't think that. And the reason I don't think that is because dependent being fucking dependent on the government sucks giant donkey balls. Okay, it is the worst thing that you. Can be because you have. I mean, you're, you're stuck in in a in a tiny little rut. You have to you have to try to dig your way out of it. It's not an easy fucking way to live. Don't pretend that it's easy. Don't don't make these intimations that oh well you know we didn't go on it. Look at how much better I am than you. And oh, if you go on it, you're dependent.
1: Fuck you, you fucking cunt. Her faith in God is not what helped her family out of it. I mean, she 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 outlines what they did. You know, she got a job. Her mom got a job. They cut back on their expenses and they fought through it. Right. And there's some people that can do that. And there's opportunities and times in the in the economic history of the country where that's possible. And then there's also times when that's not possible. Right. Where the paper route and the babysitting jobs and the, you know, second income from the, you know, the Barnes and Noble or whatever, when that's not enough to make ends meet. And. And then what? Yeah, well, then you're fine. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just be like, well, we went without. Well, what'd you go without? Food? We went yeah. without food,
2: you know. We just lived off faith. It, was, it wasn't very filling, but we lived off of it.
1: We were going to put a little cheese on the faith, but we didn't have any. Yeah,
2: because we were too proud to take the government
1: cheese. So. Yeah, we are just like, oh, <laughs> man, this, this faith would taste better with food yeah. on it.
2: No, but this is this is her just looking down her nose at those people. You know what I mean? Like it's like fuck you. These people, those are people just like you, and they have had circumstances in their life that have caused them to be in a dire situation. And for you to to talk like this and make it feel like um, that it's a bad thing uh, for somebody to be down on their luck. You know, you can't control your luck, and what you're also saying too is that you're a more faithful person than the people that are down on their luck. Those people don't believe as much as you, therefore they didn't benefit as well as you. And that's another load of bullshit.
1: Well, sure, because it it suggests that God financially rewards people of greater faith. Yeah. Really? Because, you know, I'm not terrible. I'm not a biblical scholar, but, you know, there's the whole eye of the needle and the camel and the rich man. And, you know, that's not a it's not a difficult one to sort of interpret there about fucking wealth and Jeebus. Yeah, well and then also, you know, know,
2: the The most religious people uh what about those people that have basically scammed people out of money? Those people that are like evangelical televangelist people that have like fucking drive around in Mercedes and all that bullshit they fucking Peter pop off is he a really religious person? <laughs> yeah you know, fuck you you know i i just I just hate a lot of the things that she 's about, and I think she's a very terrifying person, and as time goes on. A lot of people I know, I catch this on Facebook, I catch this on Reddit, I catch it on other places where people are all like, oh, yeah, let her win the nomination. Let her win. Thank God. I hope she wins the nomination. I don't hope she wins the nomination. And I don't hope she wins the nomination, not because I don't think that the person who she's play, like then uh, pitted up against from the other party couldn't destroy her, because I really think that that would be the case. But I'm afraid about what that says about the United States. I'm, I'm af- I
1: couldn't agree more.
2: I am oh. afraid more about oh. what that says about the people that in a party, a Republican party, which at this point is probably half the, half the people in the United States. What does that say about those people? What does that say about our country? And that's why I don't want her to win.
1: Yeah. What it says is get out.
2: Yeah. Well, what it says <laughs> is my five-year, my 10-year plan turned into a five-year plan about getting out of the country. <laughs> that's what it says. Yeah, she's awful. <laughs> <laughs> she just is so awful. Yes, yes.
0: If you're involved in the gay and lesbian lifestyle, it's bondage. It is personal bondage, personal despair, and personal enslavement. And that's why this is so dangerous. It's a very sad life. It's part of Satan, I think, to say that this is gay. It's anything but gay.
1: Michelle Bachman, also, um, you know, she, kind of a huge hypocrite. Um, taken a lot she talks a lot about that you know that story that we were uh, just talking about a moment ago uh, about you know not getting on dependence programs. She's taken a lot of money actually, like federal government money in terms of uh, money for farm and, and what other, yeah, other yeah. subsidies. but you know she also appears to just be a giant fucking liar, um, a giant fucking liar um, because uh, she has claimed that uh, her and her husband's uh, counseling center um, is, uh, you know, doesn't try to sort of like re-educate gay people or like whatever it is, I don't know re them back into a, or into a heterosexual life um, but evidence has come out that that is in fact exactly right. what they do. Right, of course, yeah um, because what else would you have to say? I mean you, you're an evangelical Christian, what else would you have to say? Your book says these are not good people so you have to try to make them fit into your book and they're not going to if they're gay. Like you, you have to make a choice. Like you get to either be a crazy fundy evangelical nut who doesn't understand metaphor. Like that's option <laughs> one, and that's which like, you're following that, very well at this point. <laughs> you know that's 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 the route you've chosen. You know. Yeah. Okay. Great. So then, he, like, you should, you should just come with like a list. Like, here's a list of people you hate. Like, okay, cool. Like these are people I have to hate in order for my book to work. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. You, you know, you can be a moderate Christian and still and 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 have no problem with homosexuality, but you can't be an evangelical fundy. It doesn't work. You, you can't sign that fucking pledge and like gay people. Right. It, they're incompatible. So her group, you know, of course, um, is trying to like pray the gay away, um, which does not work at all, um, <laughs> and. Um, she's gotten caught. She's gotten caught a couple of times. There's, there's actually a really cool, um, you, sh- you sent this to me a really cool blog, uh, the wilted sepulcher. Um, I actually really rather like this. I poked around on it a little bit. Um, and he sort of makes fun, you know, that, that same pledge that we were talking about, um, refers to, uh, faithful monogamy being at the heart of a designed and purposeful order. And then immediately followed by that is like, Hosts of biblical quotes which destroy the idea of monogamy, which is not in the Bible in, I mean, what would Jesus do? Not get married and have no kids. That's what Jesus would do. Right. Let's all be like Jesus. Great. We'll all fucking die when we're 33 and not bang women. That's a great plan. (laughs) And not not produce another fucking generation. (laughs) Right. So it's uh, we'll put this on our yeah. on our website. It's kind of a cool. You know, brand.
2: Anderson Cooper talked about this a little bit in his show where he was basically trying to respond to her. Um, the people that were like beating the homosexuals and then like yeah. it was also faith based. This is a very similar thing. And he's and he's very much against that. And he's come out several times, uh, you know, basically calling her out. And she has never really responded to him. And the reason why is because she's completely in the wrong. The reason right. why is because she's they are they are they have a pray the gay away uh section of their clinic. I mean like that's what it's for. You can't talk about it in this way and not and not realize that that's exactly what they're doing and and that it's damaging. That it's just a damaging way to to treat a human being. It's a demeaning <laughs> and damaging yeah. way to treat somebody who is probably already kind of insecure in their sexuality because they're they're both religious and gay. And to that it's just a hurtful way to treat someone and I think that, you know, this is a great thing to call her out on because it's it is a damaging thing. And you know what? I don't think that something like this should be institutionalized.
1: Oh, lord no. And you know some you know if this lunatic were in office, there would be attempts to institutionalize Absolutely. this sort of thing. Like she's just a fucking loon. So, speaking of total loons, <laughs> um, the the Rapture is the story that just keeps on giving. It really is. It's like the fucking comic gold, man. Um, There's a story from uh, Eugene, Oregon, um, where the motive in a workplace shooting may have been because one employee was teasing another employee after the rapture did not occur. So I guess the one guy figured he'd be raptured. And when that didn't happen, he got teased because, you know, that's fucking ridiculous.
2: Fucking awesome.
1: And so he got mad about being teased. and He shot the dude. It's not going to get you raptured any sooner.
2: That's, that's the best story ever. Oh, my God. I thought this story when I was reading it was going to implode in on itself. Like when it's I was so reading funny. it, I couldn't. And doesn't that
1: guy look like Lenny? Like the, He like, looks awesome. <laughs> this picture is like, you know what he looks like? And the best part about this whole article is that on the picture, you can click a button to expand the picture. From, like, thumbnail size to, like, half your screen. (laughs) And he's such a dopey-looking fucker. Oh, my God. He's wearing
2: camouflage, too,
1: which is totally awesome. (laughs) No one will see me as I shoot (laughs) this guy at work.
2: I just love the fact that he's like, I am a pious individual. I love the Lord. And on May 21st, he is going to take me into his bosom and we are going to fly away and leave the rest of you sinning, awful people here on earth to burn an eternal lake of fire. Now... May 21st doesn't come. And he resorts to shooting someone else. Like, this is going to be one of God's chosen people. At least that's what he thought. Like, he really thought he was going to be one of God's chosen people. And he gets made like sticks and stones,
1: dude. What the fuck? Well, you know, the problem is that the rapture is like a giant celestial game of duck, duck, goose, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this guy thought he was goose, yeah, but turns out he was duck. He was totally you duck, absolutely. He was very disappointed. He was very upset. Very, that is nobody wants awesome. to be the guy who's always duck, you right, know? Right. And I'm looking at this picture, and I'm guessing this guy's been duck for a long time. <laughs> I just love that he's willing to shoot another human being for making
2: fun of him, and he thinks he's one of God's chosen. That's fucking classic and
1: awesome. Your God sucks, that's all I'm
2: saying.
1: (laughs) So we got some email. Um, One of the emails that we received um, was from one of our listeners who Um, Took a little bit of exception, although he's very polite about it. Um, He took a little bit of exception to a comment that you had made uh, regarding uh, 9-11. And uh, we were talking about Wiener and uh, Wiener's inability to keep his Wiener secret. um, And uh, that did not bode likely uh, very well for bigger secrets, like the possibility that 9-11 was an inside job. We sort of mocked that. He suggested that we take a look at a website um, which was uh, architects and engineers for nine eleven truth. Um, I did take a look at the website. I didn't find it terribly convincing. You yeah, needed it um I. at all. I also found the website to be horrifyingly poorly put together. Yeah, I for, know,
2: man. Uh, you know, for architects and engineers, wow. you would like think that they would know how to engineer a better website.
1: Man, <laughs> hire a fucking architect for that yeah. thing. It is a disaster. Yeah, they need an information
2: architect. That's for sure. Uh, can I uh, can I just talk real quickly about a couple things here Tom? Sure, yeah. Um I I recognize and I understand that there's going to be a lot of people that have um what uh what some people refer to as sacred cows, right? Um there's some people who just believe in some things whether or not the evidence really supports it. And um, you'll run into these people all the time that really are skeptics. They're hard nosed skeptics. There are people that are uh, that are very thoughtful people that think a lot about a lot of different things that are, that they really require evidence for. But there's one or two things that they let the evidence slide for, and I I'm sure I'm guilty of this. But I feel like you know there's some sorts of things in this world that we will not take. Uh, We just won't look at with a sort of hard edge, you know, a a tight, hard edge. And I think 9-11 is one of those things for skeptics. There's a big break in our community around 9-11. And I want to point out just two terms, and I don't want to be insulting, and and don't take this the wrong way, uh, Rowan, uh, at all. But I want to say that there's two types of people that believe uh, in—that there's two ways to look at information. There's skeptics, and the skeptics will always side on the uh, the side of the, the massive amount of evidence, the scientific consensus, if you will. And then there's denialists. There's people who will look at in the face of scientific consensus and pull out anomalies. They will anomaly hunt. And that's all this is, Okay, These guys are looking and digging through a ton of data, and they're pulling out one, two, three things that don 't quite make sense to them, and they 're basing an entire uh entire almost a worldview on what happened that day based on anomalies and some of these things aren 't even anomalies some of these things are absolutely explainable, but people don 't want to hear it and I am not one of these people who is going to look at a a, a website like this and be immediately convinced because I know there's buckets full of information. And uh, the biggest part of this, the one piece that I'm never going to let go of is I saw two fucking planes hit those buildings. I saw two planes crash into those buildings from many different angles. And I saw – I've seen work – I've seen – Um, digital recreations of what that did to those pylons in there and those those supports and what that can do. And you are not going to convince me that that was a controlled demolition of any of those buildings, uh, not with the evidence that is on that site. You cannot convince me of that.
1: No, I I don't think that the evidence bears out a controlled demolition at all. And I know a lot of the evidence, too, a lot of the controversy a lot of times stems from uh, World Trade Center 7. Yeah you know, the collapse of that building. And, you know, I have to say, like, I've read I've read several of these sort of arguments um, and, you know, questions and, you know, why did it fall and and uh, why did the trade centers fall? The fire wouldn't have been hot enough Um, that they never seem to take into account the impact. Right. They focus so often on the fire. The fire was a big fucking deal. But don't forget the impact of that thing that it was it was it was. A multi causal event um, and I think that the problem that is often run into is that um, the event is looked at only from a single angle only from a single vantage point we look at it from the vantage point of the fire you know world trade center uh, seven fell um, imagine how much impact when the trade centers themselves came crashing to the ground that the the impact and the, the force that such weight and such height creates uh, slamming into the ground, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. And World and- Trade Center
2: seven Tom got there's a there's a lot of vantage points that show a giant chunk of one of the World Trade Centers crashing in tons and tons and tons worth of debris hit and literally tore almost a side of that building off. It sheared a giant portion of that building right off because tons and tons of material from one of those buildings fell and actually hit it. And they show, they keep showing oh, it's just a few fires on this one, These they keep showing all these different little vantages where it just looks like yeah, it's just a couple fires. But then when they pan back, if you see how much smoke is pouring out of that building yeah, maybe you can't see the fire from the the fucking windows from the side of the street, but the, two little fires in a couple rooms do not start that much smoke.
1: No, it, it, again, it's, it's looking at it only from the standpoint of the fire not the standpoint of the impact right. of this thing, you know? And, and there is no, the, the other problem is there's no corollary event for, for which to compare this to. Right. You know, there's, there's no, uh, similar situation where jetliners, I mean, yeah, little small airplanes crash into buildings before, but there's no situation where fully loaded, Uh, juiced-up airliners crashed at speed into a structure that's built the same way these structures were built. So you don't have something, you don't have a basis for comparison to say, well, this is what should have happened and it didn't. Right. Instead, you're saying, this is what I thought would happen and it didn't. I do
2: want to point out one more quick thing um, and it has to do with conspiracy theories in general. And I feel like the more people, and this is is an obvious conclusion, but the more people you get involved in any conspiracy, the more... Uh, the more it will fall in on its own weight, and nine eleven is one of those things that people like to say, "Oh, it, it was an inside job, and that you know our government did this." Well, here's the thing: what you're claiming is is that they they somehow got somebody behind the the wheel of a plane, or whether or not they created drones and then flew those those. Unmanned. I don't know how you – I don't even know how, how you even think about it. But somehow they either convinced somebody to kill themselves for the country and fly a bunch of people in the plane to it or they c- controlled – the radio controlled the planes into the uh, buildings or whatever they did. But the one thing that they're discounting is, is that there were firemen in those buildings. There were firemen that got out alive of those buildings. And if it was a controlled demolition, the firemen would have witnessed something. The firemen would have saw so something. That would have indicated that there was some sort of Explosives, something there You can't just hide that shit somewhere That's that's an impressive amount of Explosives that needs to go off in order To bring a building down And oh, yeah. you can't just hide that And those guys are the same guys who worked And died and got cancers And just uh, emphysema And just ruined their health For weeks and weeks and weeks And weeks afterwards, digging Trying to find survivors You can't tell me that there isn't one person who isn't in their best interest to tell everyone in the rest of the world they were it was a controlled demolition, and I saw those things inside there. There's no way you could keep those people quiet. And you're not even willing to give them health care? You know what I mean? Like, they weren't even willing to give those people health care at one point. And there's no way. There is no way. I cannot believe it. And I would not believe it until I saw... Something that would absolutely have to blow me away in, in, in evidence and nothing in this site and nothing I've ever seen really blows me away. No, it's all no. really just speculation and anomaly hunting. But I, like, like Tom said, we thank you. Absolutely thank you for sending the email. And we do try to keep an open mind. Uh, but when it comes to this, I just there's nothing that I've been so convinced by. We got a bunch of comments from a bunch of different people that just say, hey, you make me laugh. Hey, I like your podcast. Hey, thanks for doing it. And those are great comments, and we love to get them. We get a couple private emails like that, one from uh – you know, from a we got several from different people, and then we also got a couple comments on our Facebook page and comments on our website. So you know, keep those comments coming. You want to tweet us, you want to send, our t- send a tweet to us, please do so. Those are great things to l- help let us know that hey, we're reaching somebody. People actually listen. People actually like the show. If you like the show, just let us know. It makes us feel good. It makes us want to do it.
1: And we are working on an app. You'll be able to get soon, um, relatively soon. Um, new way to, to listen to the show. We just came up. We just came up live uh, relatively recently on Stitcher. Yeah. So if you've got a smartphone, you can download Stitcher app. Um, can't actually from my phone, but any other smartphone, it turns out, you can download the <laughs> Stitcher app. You can listen to our show. Um, that's the direction I've used it uh, on, on other phones, and it's a great way to listen to podcasts. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, obviously. Our website, dissonance-podcast.blogspot.com. You can email us at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also call and yell at us with your own voice. Um, We've got Google Voice set up, so you can give us a call at 740-74-DOUBT, which is also 740-743-6828. Um, you'll get charged you know what you normally get charged, so pay attention to that, that shit ain't toll free, yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we could barely pay for the podcast to actually get distributed, let alone <laughs> pay for the phone call. But, no well, we well, we really do, Tom, We really do like to get those calls, though, but we like to play people 's voice, so if you feel like you want to call us and just give us a shout out and just say, "Hey, I love the show, we'll play that on the air if you want to if you want to send us a voicemail um we're we're more than happy to play people's voicemail. We also got an email from Beth Tom, and uh, we did. and Beth sent in a very nice a very nice email. Uh, we have both met Beth in the past, and she was turned on to the podcast by her husband. And uh, started listening and and gave us a lot of kudos and uh, talked about another podcast that we do, too. So we're going to probably talk about that on the other podcast. Everyone's a critic that we do. But um, she said that, uh, you know, she says it's a great podcast and she follows a few other atheist podcasts, but it's nice to have one in Chicago. uh, And uh, and it's great. It's great that you're listening. Beth, thanks for listening. So, Tom, I think that wraps it up for another cognitive dissonance. Um, We're going to leave everybody, as usual, with the skeptics creed.
1: Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this.
2: Thank you for listening to Cognitive Dissonance. If you want to reach us by phone, you can call us at 740-743-6828. That's 740-74-DOUBT. Long distance rates apply. Send us an email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at dissonance underscore pod.